righteous, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth are themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to him in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son today, I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, with trembling. Kiss his feet or he will be angry and you will perish in the way for his wrath is quietly, is quickly kindled. Happy are all who take refuge in him. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thank you for reading, Michael. And uh, welcome everyone to St. Thomas's Spurwood. I should say welcome to me, really. I'm the visitor, aren't I? <laughs> A uh, great privilege to be with you here again. I think uh, last time I was here was pre-COVID, and you all look remarkably well-preserved, so excellent. <laughs> uh, my name is Wei Han. I'm from the Church Missionary Society, and uh, I've been uh, invited along very kindly to uh, address you on this Mission Sunday. As we come to God's Word, why don't we ask for God's help together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom and privilege we share to gather together as your people. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to praise you in the songs that we sing, uh, to offer our prayers to you, uh, make known our needs and our wants and desires and fears and hopes to you in prayer. And thank you now for this uh, time to sit under your word. Please send your spirit that your word may be illuminated in our hearts and lives, that you might cause us to respond with obedience and with great joy in following after the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, every year, Wei Han chooses a book of the Bible to immerse himself in. And uh, congratulations, it's 2023, and welcome to Wei Han's Year of the Psalms. Uh, over the years, I found it helpful to choose just one book of the Bible that I'm going to spend the bulk of the year, studying, reading, rereading, memorizing, highlighting, uh, and just getting under my skin and into my heart. Uh, I buy some commentaries, or I read the ones that I've previously bought, but have been gathering dusk on my, dust on my shelf, unread for years. I'm sure none of you do that. Um, and I wonder this year if I might encourage you to make 2023 your year of the Psalms as well. Uh, read them all. Read Psalm 1 through to 150. Uh, read them again and again. Highlight your favorite verses. Uh, memorize your favorite Psalms. Uh, sing them. Uh, buy 
CDs or Spotify, whatever, you know, and so many of the Psalms have been put to wonderful music. Listen to them again and again. And learn to pray the Psalms. Pray them in your daily prayers and as you gather to pray with one another in small groups and in church. Now, if you do that, then I guarantee that it will transform your relationship with God for the better. But you and I know that the Psalms are the God-given songbook and prayer book of the Bible. They contain every expression of faith and prayer towards God. Uh, there's praise, there's prayers of intercession, there's lament, there's anguish and pain and confession and rejoicing and reminder after reminder of God's faithful acts in history and more. Uh, there isn't a single expression or emotion of human experience that is not covered in the Psalms. Have you ever run out of words to say to God? Well, come to the Psalms. Now, if we're going to make 2023 the year of the Psalms, then we're going to have to start at the beginning and look at the introduction to the book of the Psalms, which is what we are going to do for a little while this morning. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. So if you've got your Bible, please open it to Psalm 1. Uh, blessed or happy, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. They don't walk, stand or sit in the way of the ungodly. So immediately we hear, what does it mean to be blessed? The psalmist says, true blessedness is in two things. First, it's godliness and holiness. It's keeping away from wrongdoing. And secondly, it's going towards one thing. We see it in verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So true blessedness is godliness and holiness, keeping away from evil, but it's also going towards God's word and God's law. It's keeping away from wrong and sinful people and sinful things, and it's moving towards God's wisdom, meditating on it day and night. Remember Psalm 119, how shall a young person keep their way pure by taking heed thereto to your word? Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And what will this blessed person be like? Verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season, leaf, leaves never withering. Everything they do prospers. By contrast, not so the wicked. They are like the shaft, the wind blows it away. The wicked therefore won't stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the law, Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked le leads to destruction. So there you have it. Psalm 1, the introduction to the whole book of the Psalms. Stay away from e evil. Read, mark, learn, inwardly digest this book, God's word, and God will prosper all your ways. You will be blessed and be like this wonderful, fruitful, never-withering tree while the wicked will be blown away like the dust. Really? Is that really the way the world works? Is this the world that we see today? Is someone actually an accurate reflection of our lived reality? Isn't our world more like Psalm 73? 
where the wicked prosper and they are fat and they don't have a care in the world because they have all the money and power and authority and resources in the world today. Does Psalm 1 actually reflect our lived reality? See, Jesus says in Revelation, doesn't he, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Psalm 1 is a beginning, an introduction, a statement of fundamental reality, even if we can't see it quite yet. It's saying the wicked will not prosper, they will not stand, they will be judged. But the godly who love God's law, they will stand. Those who read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's word will stand in the assembly of the righteous and worship him forever, and the Lord will watch over their ways always. The wicked might look like they're winning for a season, but Jesus is the beginning and the end. He will, verse 5, return to judge and bring all things to their true end. Meanwhile, beware. Uh, Valerie and I have uh, three children at home, uh, two teenagers, one almost teenager. Uh, they are old enough now that Val and I can leave home for an evening and enjoy an evening meal with some friends, go away for a few hours and then come home and expect to find them safely tucked away in bed. Well, not in my household. <laughs> uh, my kids are a bit unusual. I don't know about children in your experience, but my children get hungry. And when they're hungry, they don't go for the broccoli and Brussels sprouts. No, they, they prefer looking for ice cream, chocolate, and chips, sometimes all at once in the same meal. That's a different story. And so what happens when mom and dad leave home for a few hours? We tell them, well, finish your dinner, and if you eat all your veggies, you may have one scoop of ice cream each. No chip, no chocolate. Well, what happens when we come home? The house is devoid of ice cream, chocolate, and chips. And the chocolate wrappers and the chip wrappers are in the bin. Did they think that we just wouldn't care? Uh, let's just say that in a Kwan household, whenever that happens, there are consequences, right? And then there's no, no further, there's a famine of chocolate chips and ice cream maybe for the next month because no one buys any. Now, in the same way, many live in the world today as if there are no consequences to God our Father's instructions for how to live in this world and how to navigate this world according to his word. Many live like it doesn't matter. There are no consequences. He's never coming home. There'll be no godly judgment to come. Hence, Psalm 2. You see, the introduction to the Psalter is not Psalm 1, it's Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? Why do they live like there's no consequence? The answer from verse 2 and 3, because the powerful rebel against God. The rulers of the world, those in power, actively say there is no God. Let's go against him. Let's not play according to, to God's rules. Let's throw off his shackles and his chains. He's such a killjoy, so limiting. Let's just do life and do this world our way. And so they do. And Psalm 73 says some of them get really fat and really prosperous. They use their power to persecute the people of God. 
uh, read Psalm 5, Psalm 6, Psalm 7, Psalm 137, any number of psalms. And how does God respond? Verse 4, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. He scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger. He terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. And who is God's king? You are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Well, you know the answer. God's king and God's son is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He will have all the nations as his own. He will come in judgment on that day and establish his rule forever and ever. See uh, Acts 4, Acts 13, Hebrews 1, Hebrews 5, Revelation 2, Revelation 12, Revelation 19. All those chapters reference and quote Psalm 2 and say, look at Jesus. He is the Son he is the king. So what is the message to the powerful of this world, to all in this world who live apart from the rule of Christ? It's verse 10, isn't it? Be wise and be warned. It's verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear, celebrate his rule with trembling. That is, serve Jesus, not yourselves. Rule and exercise what power and authority you have or you might gain in this world under his rule and authority. The psalmist says, kiss the son, that is, worship him, the way a, a subject might kiss the hand or the foot of their king or queen. Adore him, humble yourself before him. Verse 12, kiss the son, or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment, but blessed are all who take refuge in him. So if you're not a powerful ruler in the world, be encouraged. Take refuge in Christ. Kiss the Son. Hear again the words of Psalm 1. And keep delighting in God's word and living according to what you read there. For therein lies true blessedness. So here's the complete introduction to the book of the Psalms as you're embarking on 2023, the year of the Psalms. It's both Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. It's both blessed is the one who keeps away from evil and delights in God's word. They will prosper in the end. But it's also Psalm 2. In this world, the godless and the powerful may look like they're ruling for a season, but the Lord Jesus will definitely return to judge in holiness and in truth. So be wise and be warned. Kiss the Son. Keep living and working for his ways in his world. The rest of the book of the Psalms merely unpacks these overarching themes. And uh, these two Psalms are a great introduction to the remaining 148. Now, what about mission and CMS? Well, these Psalms are exactly on point for us, aren't they? Uh, we exist to see a world that knows Jesus. We want people everywhere to be wise and to be warned, to kiss the sun and to tremble in fear of his judgment to come. 
but also to delight in the Son and to delight in God's word, to receive all of God's precious promises and wisdom and grace in Jesus. We want everyone everywhere to see in God's words uh, God's wisdom that leads to true fruitfulness, to being those trees planted by streams of water, putting out their fruit in season whose leaves never wither. And we we do this work of telling the world of this Jesus in this word all around the world in the context of opposition and difficulty. Because we know Psalm 2 tells us there are rulers and powerful people all over the world who refuse to kiss the sun and don't want Jesus in their lives or in their communities or in their countries. And so our workers must be willing to suffer, to work hard, and to work persistently with great courage to make Jesus known. We ask our missionaries to proclaim the whole truth about Jesus to the whole world, the good news that there is indeed forgiveness for sin and much wisdom, true wisdom and blessing in his word. And also to proclaim boldly the warning that there's a real and serious judgment to come and to persist in this ministry while the Lord tarries. So two things to say to you guys at St. Thomas. Uh, First thing to say is thank you because you've been really long-term faithful partners of CMS in this work for a long, long period of time uh, before you and I were around and uh, certainly uh, long after we hope and pray and trust. Uh, Thank you for your commitment to keep praying and giving financially so that Tim and Olivia Mulherin and their family might be serving uh, in Cambodia. Uh, Thank you too for praying for Will and Hannah uh, in Alice or just outside of Alice. Um, Some of you may not know that uh, CMS affords them uh, pastoral care support and they were recently visited by one of our CMS Australia pastoral visitors. They are doing it tough. It's, it's a difficult, difficult context, as you well know, uh, but we're so encouraged by their faithfulness and their, uh, their positive uh, orientation to the work despite the difficulties. Now, if you do not know who I'm talking about, shame on you. Uh, <laughs> I presume you do. Uh, I noticed that Tim and Olivia still have prayer cards out there. Please take it home. They're not doing any good sitting in that plastic stand in the foyer. Uh, Take them out. Uh, You can pull this apart. There's a sticker. Stick them on your fridge. That's a reminder that missionaries are cool because they're on your fridge. That was a dad joke. Uh, But really, it's it's a reminder to pray for them. Every time you reach for the cheese or the chocolates or ice cream, uh, pray for Tim and Olivia. Uh, Pray especially that uh, they might be continuing to advance in their Khmer language learning and cultural acquisition. That's going to be really important to enable them to stay long-term and serve in that context. Uh, You can also, if you don't already, get emails from the Mulherins and Will and Hannah uh, every month with updated prayer points. Uh, we, We say in CMS that all of our mission proceeds on our knees. That is, uh, by your prayers and by ours. Uh, please pray. That's the most important thing you do uh, to advance this work that we share together. A uh, second thing I want to say is uh, please join us. The Church Missionary Society is a society that is we're gathering of independent people who come together as a society for a common cause. And
And that common cause is to see a world know Jesus. Uh, We are a society that reads Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 and says together collectively, this is where true blessedness lies, in delighting in God and in God's word and in serving Christ amidst the opposition from powerful, powerful uh, rulers in this world. But Jesus is coming, and a day is coming when all will see him for who he is and bend the knee. Uh, As much as I'm super grateful to St. Thomas's for your support over the years, I'd love to see more of you join us directly in this work. Uh, So please pull up one of these, and uh, you can sign up also to receive uh, general emails uh, from CMS and be informed about the many things that we do to try and encourage more mission rather than less. Uh, in a couple of weeks, for example, we're running a cultural intelligence training day at St. Andrew's Hall to try and equip the local church uh, in cross-cultural mission locally. So please uh, sign up, find out about it, and come along. Well, as we close, I'd love to lead us in prayer that we would collectively uh, kiss the sun, worship Jesus, and long to see uh, a world come to do the same. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you uh, that Psalm 1 is so clear in identifying uh, the location of true blessedness and happiness. Make us as people who keep away from the wicked, the sinners, and the mockers. Give to each of us great delight in the law of the Lord. And may we be a people who meditate on your law day and night. And in so doing, enjoy all the benefits of your wisdom and grace towards us. And Father, when we look upon the world, uh, please help us not to wonder at why the powerful and the wicked seem to prosper. Lord, you laugh at them from heaven, you scoff at them, and you say, the day is coming when your son will come and he will break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like pottery. So help us to be wise and be warned. And Lord, please, uh, through the work of CMS and St. Thomas's Burwood, draw more and more people into a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus that we might together serve you with fear and celebrate your rule with trembling. So Lord, encourage us today and please encourage our friends, uh, Tim and Olivia and Will and Hannah this day. May we collectively see more of this world come to know and love and serve the Lord Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to love you and leave you because I have to go to the next congregation, but uh, let's have a cup of tea later. Every blessing.